Welcome to the Clobbercast, proudly presented to you from Clobbercall, all the way from Sheffield, England. Ben, Glenn, take it away. All right, Benjamin, how are we? I am absolutely not bad. Zipping his bag up. Yeah, <laughs> so, it. what we got going on today, mate? It's a really good one today. We've got, you know, for the people I've met, well, he's, uh, he's a guy called Morsi. Uh, he's a denim consultant, teacher, and he's got a brand called Endream. Uh, I don't know, I haven't met anybody else who can, who knows more about denim than Martin. I'm sure he will know people. Yeah, you yeah know, I'm sure uh, he will. He's learned from somebody, but uh, yeah, I think today's going to be a real education for both of us. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I've heard quite a lot about him and you said he's an energetic character so I'm excited to uh, hear from him, that's yeah, for sure. It's, uh, um, we didn't need to do too much talk in the intro because the content will be much more interesting yeah. with uh, Martin involved, I think. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so... Should we, uh, uh, should we get him dialed in? I mean, I know... Well, we've, we've got weekly podcasts going on anyway so people know exactly what's going on if you're following Ben on Instagram. Uh, the Clabbercast has so many going on as well. Yeah, um, we've Martin's got a bit of an event with Morsin lined oh, up, which uh, might get mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be Friday. Well, it's Friday the thirteenth. Whether we go into that tonight or just drop on it, I don't know. But uh, basically, he is uh, an oracle of the Blue Bloods. Mm. <laughs> so, smart. Let's get stuck into it. And he's it. quite a quite experienced chap. Yeah. How, how old is he? Uh, because from some of your notes, maybe about 13, 14, 16 years ago, he said. I suppose well, he's you leave like... uni when you're like 21, it's probably about my age. Yeah. Uh, 36, 35, 36. Oh, right, cool. Uh, it seems that from his resume, which we've spoken about off air, mm. that he's like done loads, and that's quite a young age to have done loads. Oh, exactly, yeah, that's yeah. what so I mean. Like it's like, like... must work like 23 and a half hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. and spend the other half an hour going to the toilet and getting each shower. He <laughs> <laughs> must not sleep. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, mad. But uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to be on cast for a bit longer than normal, so we'll cut this intro yeah. short and I'll uh, I'll give him a call. He's waiting. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. Let's do that now. Happy days. Morsin, how you doing, mate? You all right? Hi, hi there, guys. Oh, complete pleasure. And <laughs> thank you so so much. Um, I've been a fan, fan. I've been a fan, fan of you guys for ages, and obviously been following all, all of your other um, podcasts as well so it's really cool that I'm actually part of one as well so thank you so so much well pleasure's all ours mate I can assure you pleasure is all oh. ours uh, I'm sat here with Glenn as I always yep. am Glenn hey buddy you alright yeah fine thanks and yep good good <laughs> it's uh, I've told Glenn about you I've told him everything you've done that is one long list is there anything yeah, you have long. not I've done been, <laughs> I've been in the industry for a while now I think you know for the last 16 odd years I've been working so wow. and like prior to that I was a student and I, I did loads of work as well but I haven't really like recorded but I guess it's, it starts from the day I left like uni but prior to that you know I, I've been training to become a fashion designer for years before that so you yeah know, this is all the whole denim thing i've got myself a fashion designer first and a, de- a denim designer second and that's the thing so most denim people that you meet they're not designers so yeah that's what it is so you know so a lot of them are, mar- are marketing people so or, or people with a lot of a lot of money so um, yeah. <laughs> there's not, not many of us who are trained in this field who are trained who understand about fit and fabric and and actually like construction. So that was what makes me and a couple of other really great people like 
quite quite different it's uh, I'm not going to lie I've been obviously I've been into it for maybe three four years now and I spend a lot of time working within it and reading about it and looking at it Uh, I I've never come across anybody that's got the same sort of experience as you like, oh, man, I, I can I can introduce you to lots of people who are my senior, really, who yeah. are amazing as well. I'm just from the same generation as Amy as Amy Leverton and, and a few other people. So yeah. you know, there's a few of us from that period, you know, 16 years ago, who have done quite well, and you know, it's, and so it's, it's really exciting. But the kinds of things that I have been doing, um, yes, you know, it's a long old long old CV, but um, I started out working. I don't know if you want to. I started out working for Okini. Yes. Um, that was really cool. Uh, that's when, when they just started, and I, I, became, I came in as a as literally an intern and left as a senior designer. So I was managing all the Levi's collections and the Ritchie collections, and that's where the whole denim bug really began. That's where it bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where it started. And then you know we went on to Edwin Europe and loads of other companies, which I headed up. So I'm really uh, part of my career. It's uh, it's when I was going through it all, I was trying to pick out bits that. I've been a bit selfish really because there's so much to talk about and we've got like an hour I was like I'm going to have to pick certain bits here that we can focus in on to answer your questions really yeah Honestly, it's, the, the, you know the last few years I've been actually for the last 10, 15 last 13 years I've been like teaching quite a lot as well in between all of the consultancy and the work I do at End Ryman. so it's it's like everyone someone always asks me like what are you doing right now I'm like I'm working on like five different projects at the same time so they were all like what but yeah, that's how it is, though. And, are you um, are you like amazing at planning? Is your like is no, your like time I've got management? Really crazy, people laugh at me. I've got a really crazy Excel spreadsheet document which I record everything that I'm doing. And I think um, David at Black Horse Lane saw it and laughed at me. He goes, you should use one of these Apple iCalendar things. I'm like, dude, it's it's too complicated. I'll have 15, Fifteen different colors, and I'd get. And I'm I'm a, I'm actually a colorblind designer as well. So for me. It would just get very confusing. So yeah. I, I have got a system. I've got a system, and it works quite well. And I, I haven't let many people people down. But I have. <laughs> I have. Um, I have once or twice. Wouldn't be. Couldn't be at the same place twice. Or you know, I committed myself to too many projects. But it yeah. hasn't messed up yet. No, it's uh, it's massively <laughs> impressive. Uh, I think I'm, I think you ought to take that Excel sheet, put it into print, and sell it. <laughs> yeah. You could probably no, get on no, Tim Ferriss' podcast with it. Right now, we're at a period where it's a, like, like a lull period. I know it's not a lull period because Pity's just started, and yeah. like, you know, and all these other major trade shows around the corner. But I, I do a lot of consultancy work with denim mills as well. And, and yeah. um, it, uh, if you know, like I've, we met you at like Kingpin. Yes. So Kingpin is kind of like the highlight of the, of the year. It only happens twice a year. Then after that period, for about two months, everyone, all the consultancy doesn't happen. So I get I get around to doing my own thing again and do a lot of end rhyme and. Yeah, and I do loads of little things, and then it picks up again. So I think it's, I'm going to get very busy again in the next few few weeks. So I'm glad yeah, I uh, but, I'm but glad we've like, pinched you now. Then That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I would have been in, in uh, I would have been either in China or Turkey before yeah, next week. It's a bit mental what's going on, but I'll talk talk I'll talk you through it. What I'm doing is really funny. No, funny yeah, thing. go for it, mate. Let's start there. What is it now? We've we, we you've mentioned kingpins and the consultancy work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what so what I, what I, comes I, after I, that then? Oh, okay. For the last three, four years, I've been. Um, it just happened really randomly. Um, obviously, I, I'm a designer, and I meet a lot of suppliers, like denim suppliers, trim people, fabric people, and they come and visit me. And either I meet them in, in their office, or they come and meet me, or I meet them at like Kingpin or whatever. And half the time, I feel quite sorry for them because they're they're 
booklets and the hang tags and their, their trend garments are just not very exciting. So yeah. one of once, so I think one time I just asked one of the guys who came to visit me, going, "Do you guys need help? Because this is, you know, you can't just show what you can't go to a big company and show them what you've just shown me." And they go, "Oh, really?" And I went, "Yeah." So it, it kind of it happened like that about four years ago, and now yeah. I've been working with loads, loads of them. And me and my wife, like Sadio, we we. We design a lot of trend garments for these guys, and then we a lot of stuff for kingpins and sort of P P E V, and um, even the Premier Vision, which is happening in like London in like December. I'm going to be quite heavily involved with that too, so it's going to be really fun. Like actually with the actual company itself, so ah, it's going to be quite cool. fun. And then um, so I, I do a lot of trend garments, and then also on top of that, we do uh, because we're a, 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 um, we come as a team, so we're doing all the videos for them, all yeah. the trend videos, and. All the hang, all the book looks, anything to come with, with branding and making garments, really. So, yeah. so it goes quite good. So, but we did, um, we just did another one for Denim Mill out in out in Pakistan, which is actually really amazing. Um, so they were quite cool. And so, then, uh, are these are these these are the mills that create the fabric, and then basically, yeah, they, are, yeah, they don't really know what to do so, with when um, they've created it, and that's where your expertise yeah, comes so in a lot of the time it's you know it just happens to be that the last three or four months we've been working for this particular meal it's just for a project we've got another two or three on the horizon which are so exciting which i'm not allowed to talk about but okay. the one i've just finished i can talk about now so yeah it's a new mill well they're not new they're a massive com- company uh called sapphire group but anyway uh, but they um they they're one of these cotton people so they they they're completely vertical and um, and they spin it and they, they, they're the ones that all the other mills in that region buy cotton from. Right, okay. okay. So about two or three years ago, they decided that why are we, for the last 20, 30 years, been selling cotton to all of these people? We should just be doing it ourselves. So they, they got they got their heads together and they said, it's, we're already doing like sort of like 60% of everything. We just mm-hmm. need to do the other 40% and then we are making denim. So yes. they got a lot of industry experts, including myself and a few other a few other people, and they made a, a brand new factory space, which is LEED certified. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's um there's lots of um there's lot lots of companies that say they're LEED. It basically means that they're like they're doing things in a proper way, like okay. very very ethical. They're they're, yeah. they're building meets code, and it's got enough enough light, and all the, all the workers are treated right, and yeah. all the CSI. It's just all the tick boxes. Like whenever a big company like Levi's or VF come. They want to see what things they're doing for their community yes. and all the rest of it. So they just said, okay, from the beginning, let's hire Japanese tech technicians to build our, fac- our factory. Let's make it really spacious. And it was unbelievable. So um, so me and Sadia, we got involved near, near the end of when they finished making the whole place, whole full factory. And they said, we're showing at Kingpins in two months' time. Uh, we need a company profile. We need a lookbook. We need garments. So it was like that. So it just was a two or three month project and it was really fun. But, but like before that, I've been you. doing a lot of stuff with a lot of other mills. Um, one in one in one in like Dubai, which is called Desert Studio, which they decided to build a waterless uh, denim factory in in nearby desert. And they're not really in like a desert, but they claim uh, they are. Which yeah. is funny. But they're really nice, and we worked for them for nearly two years or so, like on and off. And um, yeah, so it's been a lot of that kind of work. And then I've been doing Endrime at the same time. Which is your own. It's still like ticking on, which is great. And yeah. and my business partner, like, Ringo, takes care of a lot of that for me now, which is great. I just do a lot of carryovers and new couple of new styles every every season. Yeah. And then um, and then we're doing like an, an anniversary collection for that this year, which should be fun. And then I'm doing 
two books, which is really exciting. Um, Jesus. And I forgot, I'm also, te- also teaching loads. And I do my <laughs> master classes at Black Horse Lane every two, two, every two or three months. And that's, so what, that's where the, somebody can come and build a gene with you, isn't that's it? That's where someone can come. Yeah, it's a, the, this, the, the first one in the UK and probably like Europe, really. And um, basically... I, I, every, I teach at about four or five different like universities at, at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm in like sort of like rotation. And um, whenever I go to a university, a part of the courses that I do is I teach people how to sew jeans and how to, and any questions regarding like workwear. And I come in, I bring loads of my archive. They come and visit, visit me in my studio. It's really quite fun. And every year I sponsor about three to five students. Like I pick, I, I, actually, I actually pick, I actually pick them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everything from their fabric to the trims to any help they want every week, uh, they come and see me and whatever it is. And it's been like that for a long time. And then one of my students two years ago, her name's Hannah Jenkins. She won fifty grand, like the sort of like big like um, uh, 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 design award from H and M. Ah, grand. yeah, I saw that, that on your uh, on your LinkedIn denim collection. Yeah, yeah, and that was this girl was amazing, and you know, yeah. but she had a really cool concept where she was stapling denim together. Now, instead of using like rivets and bar tacks, what, what we do, yeah. she's using staples. So it was really fun. So she took it to a really special avant-garde level and we got all her fabric um, sponsored by Kai Hara. And nice. then, um, that was really fun. And uh, every year we, we get sponsored by, I actually arrange a sponsorship by either Kai Hara or Cone. So they're the two males that I primarily have been working with for the last 15 odd years so they're my favourite meal so I get them involved with all my students anyway I've forgotten what I was saying so you asked me what I'm doing at the moment well so, yeah that was it uh, obviously yeah. you said you said it could be a little bit secretive though so you said you could tell us kind of no, what okay. you've just I, been I, doing I be blase about it basically okay. I, I'm working on two books I'm, I'm doing something with Black Horse Lane as well that's been ongoing for nearly two and a half three years um, yeah they've got a new pop-up shop they're about to about to release yeah um, which is really fun so might be involved in that might not be but it's all like it's all very ad hoc obviously i'm there for them if they need help um uh, it's all coming to the end of the student year so i've just gone to the westminster fashion show ma show yesterday and i'm going to the rca which is the royal college of arts show on friday so that's the end of my school year really and then it does it kicks off again with the students from october onwards so i've got the summer holiday period to work on my own stuff and to teach and I'm possibly going to China to teach 200 kids as well how to sew jeans in the summer. So it's all a bit mad, but I'm planning for that. I'm doing wow. my book at the same time. So they're the kind of things I'm doing at, at the moment, but every day is a bit nuts. What but, yeah. What do you... Uh, I, am, I mean, you've got such variety within your life. I know it's all based around design and denim. Uh, is, yeah, in, in my sort of head, when I looked at your... LinkedIn profile and I watched your videos on Vimo and everything like that I kind of in my head I separated Mosin up into three different guys there were a guy that were a consultant there were a guy yeah. that were a teacher and there were a guy yeah. that were a designer that's got his own brand yeah that's spot on yeah spot on uh, I think what it is that um, you know I won't always be designing I know it's a, like a, like a, a blasphemous thing to say but mm. it's um you know, I see myself at the end in the end game being a lecturer or a teacher at like some like some like uni. You know, so for me, I realised that very young. Like, okay, let's get involved with te- teaching and giving back, and because there's so much, um, there's so much I've learned, and they don't teach this stuff at, at like university. They don't teach you about that, and they you might do a little module in it for a couple of weeks, and that's it. You know, that's the whole yeah. three years or four years of your. Your denim like strange. We've been such project. a un- we've been such a universal fabric. It's quite strange, yeah, isn't it, it that that's know, the case? Mm. A lot of a lot of students I meet, they you know they they know about how to make garments, they know about how to sew, but 
denim is very different, especially how it fades. And you learn. A, I've learned a lot on, on on the job. You know, from everything from different. And I've been involved with making fabric as well. A lot of the, the last you know seven eight years, I've been very much involved with actually making it as well and choosing yeah. the types of cottons and, and choosing the indigo levels and slub level and and you know and uh, not many people get to do that and it's very exciting i haven't been buying off off the shelf really so it's been really fun and i've been um passing that on to students but at the same time making stuff in a, in a heavy it's like you know if you have a very thin fabric and a very heavy fabric and you have the same pattern it won't work so you yeah. have to adjust the pattern accordingly things drape like sort of sort of sort of like differently and the fit is quite uh, quite different like uh that's why when you if you get to say you go to top shop or top man wherever and you buy a jean but they sell the same jean the same garment across maybe seven or eight different washes yes. each of those washes the pattern has actually been cut slightly different so when it's made up it's still the same when it fits fits you it's very strange to say but it's actually no. the truth i can't so believe it's very it very complicated yeah, I bet um, it is. It's uh, which it's, it's very very complicated, and it's very it can be very tiresome as well, especially that, that side of the business. And everyone goes, "Oh, must be very glamorous going to factories and stuff." I went, "Dude, I spend most of my time picking thread colours and buttons and, and uh, doing the small things that people don't realise and, yeah. and answering emails." The the, 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 the the design part of it, the, the fun part, really. But I'm quite technical. I really enjoy uh, doing te- te- doing technical stuff. I'm really in like three or four percent. Uh, of the design part you know the rest of it is is yeah it's and it's all the emails and follow-up and trims and suppliers yeah. and meeting people and yeah but it's fun and, and traveling that's why you know that's Tra- why i decided quite a while ago about five six years ago i was gonna do my own brand but i yeah. wasn't gonna do it straight away like all the students ask me like when i want to start my own brand when i leave, leave like university and i say please don't make all your mistakes with other people's money first you know yeah. so um yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a uh, a bit of a renowned Martin quote, I think that isn't it, Martin? It is, but it's true though. It's, it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's um, I see it all all, all the time. So, people you know, so throwing like, brands together. Yeah, people just doing starting brands out of university, and they don't know anything about marketing or sales yet. Or you know, most of my time, it's you know, it, it's knowing the right buyer, it, it's knocking on the right door, it's knowing the owner of, of that shop, or you know, it's. It doesn't matter how good your product product is. It can be a bag of shit and you'll sell it if, you, if you're friends with the right buyer. So it's yeah. just, um, you know, and you walk into Selfridges and people like places like that, and you're, I'm horrified half the time what I'm seeing. Yeah. But that's that, that's how it is now. It's 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 you know we all say let's make stuff that's made well, but man, it's not like that at all. No, it's so, uh, that's one of the things that I find or I found most interesting about your. Uh, some of your videos that I'd watched online previous and then leading up to this mm. cast was how because I do agree with you how uh, vocal you are about simple things like overlocking yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a funny thing but the thing is like you know for me I always come across people who lie about what they're doing or cheating yeah. like, you know so many denim brands say they're using Japanese fabric and it's not they're using Chinese fabric and it, you know, and they're, they're just, you know, they're just saying it's Japanese. I can tell you 10 right now, but Go I'm on, not man. going to, because then it'll just, it'll make me look like a complete dick. But yeah. You know, but so many people do it. There's only one them. off the air. Uh, yeah. there's, there's, there's only three of us here. It's very sad. 
Yeah, there's only there's only three of us here, Martin. You can definitely uh, just yeah. tell us ten. Yeah, don't don't don't, don't <laughs> fall for it. I'm just I'm at a stage in my life where I'm now teaching kids how to make jeans, and so if, if it's my responsibility that when they say what denim should I use, I show them. I show them the stuff you can get everywhere. I show them the Chinese stuff. I show them the, for, for the Pakistani Indian stuff, which is all amazing as well. And show them the Japanese stuff, which is at the pinnacle of it all. Then I show them lots of like sort of like obscure stuff, which they would not never have seen like that before. Do you just think? Open their eyes up to it. Do you think the Chinese industry for producing denim kind of gets the raw end of the stick because of the way it, it's tra- in the high street? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so therefore, it's associated. To be honest, I, I've just done some consultancy in like Bangladesh which is yeah. you know, everyone thinks oh my god it has a very negative connotation when you think about it like oh slaves and god knows lots of people making stuff really cheaply but mm. what I've seen is quite amazing but they do treat you know they do, do treat people from my point of view not too well but or, or kind of okay but you know it's just it's, it's basically the way it's going now is you all these big people that have factories and they make garments the people you know the, the fat cats really yeah. they just exploit they just exploit places where they, where they can get people for cheap. So right now, it happens to be in like Bangladesh or places in China or wherever else. But but it's heading towards Africa now. You know, I think in the next 10, 15 years, I'll be making jeans. You know, in Africa, I wouldn't yeah. be going to the Far East anymore. That's so. So it's like it, that's where it's going. It's like it's cheaper labor in that part of the world, and that's where all these guys are opening up factories. You know, so that's how it's going to be because China's becoming more expensive. And yeah. Pakistan and, 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 and <clears throat> India are also, they're making all these guys, and that's what everyone always laughs about, like, oh, what do you, what do you think of Chinese denim? And I'm like, dude, they're using the same cotton that the Japanese guys are, like, using. And mm. then, you know, so it's like, you know, all, everyone goes, oh, Japanese denim is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing, but they're using Pakistani and Indian cotton. Do you know that? Yeah. Because yeah, those guys, and, you know, all these, there's a couple of mills in Europe as well, and, you know, and in, here in the U, UK, which, you know, they're all friends of mine, but where are they getting their cotton from? You know, so it's, that's the thing. It's, it's a much bigger conversation. Yes. And everyone talks about being like sustainable, but all this stuff's being shipped around the world and spun, just just spun, just spun in Europe. And they go, oh, this denim's made in Italy. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm big fans of like Candy, sort of, sort of like Candy Ani, but it's just, it's, there's a lot of, it's a bit of a gray area. Yeah, oh, that's and, really uh, interesting. And it, it comes to sustainability and the rest of it. And a lot of guys are doing really good stuff. I'm not discounting any, any of them at all, but it, it's a really, it's a grey area, and, and, and cotton itself—it's it's such a dirty business. I know it's, it's we all we all like romanticise it. It's stunning how it fades, but you know, I wish everyone just wore raw jeans. That no one washed it at all. No one bought washed wash jeans. That's my personal like viewpoint. Yeah. And when I when I started en- I started Enzyme, good friend of mine, who, who, who really good friend of mine, he used to run like Double IL and, and and like sort of sort of sort of, cool. sort of Levi's. Vintage. Yeah. He saw Endrime and he goes to me, and his name's like sort of, sort of like Maurizio. And he came up to me. I was in like Liberty Fairs showing my Endrime collection. I think the first or second season. Yeah. And he goes to me. I love. I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't do any washes. Just keep it all raw. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Just, why are you wasting your time with washing treatments? I get excited about how things wear down. So of course, I've got an archive of. I've lost count. Eight hundred gone, maybe more, a thousand yeah. or so. I, honestly, I've been keep on buying it every month. I'm buying loads. I've just stopped counting. But, yeah. And all I do is I, I collect uh, washing garments or wash garments because a lot of consultancy that I do is based on the washing treatments. So you know, I go, I go and work for a mill, and they go, "Hey, we're going to go and visit Abercrombie and Fitch in next like, two weeks' time. 
can you bring like 30 exciting washes from your archive and we'll try and replicate them on some of our finishes you know so it's a bit that kind of work that i'm doing as well which is really fun for me and um so i get to you know use a lot of my art archive and show people my archive too and yeah that's really cool, cool. <laughs> what you want what, what you ask but you asked me about chinese stuff um i'm a big fan of it having you know um having been out to china you know, start my career. I was going out to China, and I've yeah. always liked that part of the world. I used to used to live live in Asia. I used to live in Singapore for like that's nearly like three uh, three and a half years, and right. I, used to, I used to head up like DKNY Jeans as well. And their office was based in Singapore and Hong Kong, and I was based out there. I'm big fans, big big fan of that part of the world, and a lot of warm feelings when I think of the Far East. So, um, what was it yeah. like? Uh, that were another thing I was going to ask you. Uh, <clears throat> what what's you know, you've you've headed up DKNY. Uh, That's right. You've you've done a lot of work with Edwin. We're obviously not the same mm, as DKNY. That, that was my career, but yeah, I, I was there. You know, it was like a seasonal project, but at that time, they'd got rid of the whole design team. It was nothing like what the company is now. And um, there was another another fella in me. There's another guy who hired me. His name's like Millet, sort of like Monfrin, quite well known in the industry. And um. You know, he hired me, and, and, and um, you know, it just it was a season. It ended up being like nine months or so, and it wasn't for me. But while I was there, the things that I did there, they're still using to now. So, you know, so it's, it, it's, you know, we kind of made their blocks, you know. So it, it's... um. And that's, you know, D, like that's DKNY, isn't it? Yeah. No, that's sort of like Edwin. Oh, at, is like it? DKNY, right. Yeah, okay. at, at like DKNY Jeans, um, I was hired because they had got rid of the whole like New York design team. And uh, the lady who owns it is a lady called Mrs. Ong who yeah. owns lots of other, she's really quite big actually, and she yeah. owns like resorts and, you know, with Donna Karen, these, yeah. these kind of like, her, but she owns like, she owns a license of like DKNY jeans and she ended up saying, well, all the problems, we make everything in Asia, we can't have the design team in New York, it doesn't make any sense, let's move the design team to Asia, so, and it does really work, we're really good actually, so basically every month we were going to the factories. It was like, if you, if you ever speak to a designer who works in Europe, they might go to the factory once a season and once a year and yeah. it might be only for like a week yeah. and they will only visit the factory for maybe two hours and yeah. that's it but for me I was out already out in Asia and if there was a problem and there always were instead of sending a long email with pictures and explaining what the problem is I would just fly there I'll take a two hour flight I'll be at the at the, at the factory that, that, that morning afternoon go through all the details or they'll come visit me and it was like that so it was really it worked really well and while I was there all, all the sales were really cool and everything was amazing but you know all these good things come to an end and we came to a three and a half year period and we had an opportunity to stay with the company they were moving their office to hong kong a different we were in singapore and they said well you can either come to the hong kong kong office but you have to sign another agreement and you know you'll be locked locked down for a little while longer or we'll pay for you to go home and you'll be we'll pay you we'll pay you off and we'll pay a container as well so as soon as i found out that they were paying for a, a like container yeah, and that's when I that's when I started buying like machines, and it's really funny because like, in my in my agreement, it's quite quite funny. In my agreement, it said everything in my apartment they'll send they'll ship back for me, and I, I had you know I had a little condo, two bedroom condo in Singapore, one of these like um, but I literally I wheeled I bought maybe ten sewing machines and I wheel I wheeled them in. <laughs> quite, very cheeky, very cheeky, but you know it, it, that's that's when I started Entrime. So you know, so to me it's like I I'd realized at that point it was at the ten year mark and. I said to myself, okay, you know, I've worked for so many companies now, it's 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 about time that I should have a go, at least doing a concept of my own and not, not yeah. working for other people. No one really had heard of me or known of me up until that point. I just I was one of the designers that keeps my head down. And I know many designers in the industry who are senior, senior to me 
have still kept their head down. You know, they're the yeah. heads of all these companies, but many people don't know about them. But they, you know, people like myself would know who they are. But yeah, you know, they've decided, no, no, I'm not going to do my own thing. I'm just going to carry on working for these big companies and just do great, great products and go home and, and start a family and you know, the rest of it. So mm. for me, it was a big risk. But I said, I'm going to have a go at doing Enzyme. But at the same time, um, uh, Timberland came knocking knocking, knocking as well so, yeah I read that so what so, did uh, what did Timberland have you in doing so I was there again for nearly a three year period it's actually I started started at Timberland soon after I started Enzyme and I met with the uh, the president of EF at the time and, and they had a policy where you couldn't have your own brand and do it at the same it was, it was weird actually most of these big companies I think um, even like sort of like Ralph Lauren and these American companies they say we love what you're doing Wilson, but if you came and worked for us you would have to stop your own company you right. can't do both. Okay. So it's a very, yeah. You know, they see it as a as a conflict. And uh, and when I start, when I was meeting with the guys at Timberland or VF, the, I said to them, guys, what I'm doing at Endrime is completely different to what I'll be doing with you. It's like, you know, you buy fabrics that are two to three dollars a meter. I'm buying fabrics that are fifteen to twenty dollars a meter. The starting yeah. point is completely different. And yeah. I'm doing garments which are, you know. They retail three, four hundred, you know, dollars. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different game, and it's not that I'm being greedy. It's just that it's very complicated. The things I'm doing, and very, you know, um, it's different. It's a different model completely. So yeah. they understood that completely, and they said, "Well, as long, long as it doesn't like conflict," and it did, and it was really cool. And while I was there, I headed up both men's and ladies denim and wovens, so included all chinos and anything to do with bottoms, really. And um, and that was amazing. Like I, I increased all their sales. I left on a complete high, actually. But, That's um, it, it started really becoming a lot more complicated where I was invited to a lot of trade shows I, I sort of like CC show in Japan was happening and and there's loads of other shows happening and I was using all my days off at Timberland to you know to do it all but it just got too complicated and I had to make a like decision and then that's when I thought four or five four years ago that okay it's better to just be a consultant now so yeah. I can still do Endrime and then I can do all this other consultancy and do more teaching and then that's how it started really. so it all happened about three or four years ago but Endrama kicked off about six years ago so it all, got, it all got started getting complicated about three years ago when too much stuff was going on and I had to give up Timberland which is yeah. quite sad yeah. I see mm. I see uh, I've got a quick question for you yeah. um, well two questions actually who's your favourite brand that you've worked on and what project and also <clears throat> is there another brand out there that you'd really like to work with such as because of their sustainability or their current yeah, products or great, you know great 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 question um i think the best brand i work for i would have to say is like timberland um, um cool um it's the only company that i really enjoy right? only because of the csr and and um the people were amazing and it's the first company where um it was based in london it wasn't very far away from where i lived at the time and yeah it was i found it very you know very like rewarding and um and I was very much, very much appreciated there, you know. And I speak to anyone, and they go, "No, no, let's get Morrison in and give us his, get him to give us an opinion on what's, you know." So it, there were lots of good people there who were, who were very amazing, but they said, "No, no, no." So they really appreciated me, and you know, I really liked it there. And I, was, I said, I was very sad to, to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the brand that I love, uh, there's many brands that I like, you know. Um, obviously the obvious ones are capital but I think the brand that I would love to do any collaboration with or something will probably be a Japanese brand called like John Bull I don't know if you've heard heard of them I've, um, I've heard of them but I don't know anything about I've them I've not also. heard of oh, them dude they're amazing and, and um, you know they do very smart tailored denim pieces um, um, 
beautiful shirts. They, 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 they do, you know, they're a denim brand at heart, but they, they, they do just beautifully cut garments. And it's, 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 it goes back to the 90s in some respects. It's very, 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 very different. But there's only a couple of brands that are way outside of my own, but that is one of, or one of the brands that I do like. Um, Mm. But yeah, I've, I've even been to their, their, their own factory as well in like Kojima. So, you know, I, I'm friends, friends of them too. Right. So a lot of everyone that I like, I, I'm not one of the people that, that likes to piss people off, but I, I tend to um, introduce myself to people that I admire. And, you know, and then half the time I go to the factories and share knowledge. And there's a couple, couple of really great designers that I'm really good friends with, like sort of like Ben in Canada. Uh, um, and, you know, it, and he's that sort of a Ben, like I think VPR, I can't pronounce his name, bless him. But he had a piano, be a piano, and he's an amazing guy as well. And 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 we, I did a, I did a project with him. That was actually a really good 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 project. Um, I was I was consulting for a mill uh, called Garsim, and they were they at this was about two or three years ago, and they had yeah. made the world's heaviest denim at, at this time. I think okay. it was close to thirty eight ounce or thirty. They told me forty two ounce at the time that we wow we kind of did, we, we anyway it ended up being thirty eight ounce, which is really they wow. beat the naked and famous yeah. record. But but you. Know, to, to be honest, if anyone does the calculations, they can beat it again. It's, it just comes down to clever numbers and spinning the cotton in a certain way. And if you happens, happen to be an owner of a denim mill, which I know many, you know, it's like, <laughs> so these, no, no, but these guys were like saying, hey, we want to prove to people that we're amazing. And I said, I said to them for a funny, you know, they said, we want to make the world's heaviest denim. And I went to them, why do you want to do that? It doesn't make sense. You know, I, I've... Uh, that that denim that naked and famous did, which is really really like quite like remarkable. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like a carpet, you know. Unwearable. They just did it to prove a point, and so yeah. these guys were also saying we just want to beat the record. I'm like, well, if you want to beat the record, let's try and do it. And so you know, so they did the cal- calculations, and I was there when they spun it, and then they only made like about ten meters of this fabric. Um, I sent three meters of it to Ben. In yeah. Can it, it happened to be in Bangkok still so he was this I think the, this is the very last project he did yeah. before he moved home to Toronto and I spoke to Ben I said Ben um, I can't sew with this fabric I said this <laughs> it will actually destroy my it will actually fuck up my like machines because yeah. I've got I'm, I'm a collector of vintage machines just just like just like Ben there's a few of us all around the world and we've become quite friends on Instagram you know there's not yeah, many yeah. of us who, who, who collect vintage machinery and sew with it and, and teach people how to do it so I spoke to Ben and Ben goes to me alright um I said to him, how about if we do this? I'll get the mill to pay you and you make a small collection for this mill. And then I'll, I'll do my own thing as well at the same time and then I'll photograph it and we'll, I'll be a collaboration of some sort. So that's the way yeah. it ended up being. So it was a collaboration between myself, him and this a company called Garsim. And then, so Ben actually made the, the world's heaviest jean. So and there you go. Oh, is that, so that exists somewhere then? It does. We, have to, we made two pairs. The factory made one. They made a shit job of it. <laughs> and, then we, uh, and then Ben made the other one and then I made a denim banner as well based on that fabric which yeah, is really Jesus. funny and it's based on it's like a homage to like a Japanese banner and we got a guy this is a Pakistani male so we got a guy uh, with like a moustache and he was drinking a cup of tea and there was an eagle on his shoulder very much like the sunrise banner that Levi's have from the 50s yeah. but we did a Pakistani version of one it was really funny cool. and then we then then at the same time there was enough budget and I said you know what let's go to CC show it's showing in a couple of months time and let's present the collection there <laughs> so every one of these projects we're doing is different you know every yeah. six months is a different, completely different project so the guys at the mill said sure we'll give you the budget so they, they gave me like six or seven grand and 
I took the collection, the whole entire collection we made to CC show, we presented it there. And it was really fun, and, you know, so and we made these little <laughs> denim guys out of paper, and we did a little press release on a piece of paper that folded into a pair of jeans, and, you know, it was really another another homage to, like, Levi's again. But And then we flew out, we flew, like, then as well to, like, like Tokyo as well. So it was really, that's what it is, that when you work with these big mills, yeah. it's big budgets, and it's fun, you know? So we're doing a, another project quite soon uh, out in the cotton fields, so yeah. we're going to be bring out loads of important people I could probably get yourself involved and and um, we fly I think about 15 people out and yeah. then they, we're going to show them the cotton fields and how to how they do it or how, how the ginning process is done yeah because not many people get to see a cotton harvest you know so no, it sounds amazing people. mate so yeah mm. so there's loads of little projects like that I'm, I'm involved with which is really fun and it helps me learn more about the this the, the whole business of denim production yeah more even though I know I think I know quite a lot about it but I'm still learning so you know and and you know I've, something that I've learned in the last few years is that we can't be using cotton forever so you know it's cotton's a dirty a dirty it's a dirty business as well so um we need to come up with other other yeah. other fibers really that's, that's the conclusion that I've raised now is, is the work is the actively work going off to create these other fibers Yes, there is. It's quite well. You know, people have been using hemp and you know mm. other man-made far fibers. But something that people have realised, not recently, but in the last ten years or so, is like um, if you bury a pair of jeans in the ground, it's made out of cotton, you know, and then you dig it back up again. A lot of it's a lot of it's gone. You know, it's because it's yeah. made out of cotton. It's made out of natural materials. Only like the rivets and some things will, might be left, but they might have yeah. all like deteriorated. But now so many of us so many companies like nearly every single company is using polyester you know you even big big denim brands brands that i admire they're not even using 100 percent cotton anymore so they're yeah. using a lot of polyester mixes in their denim well, not, nothing wrong with it because everyone wants something that's comfortable and it yeah. stretches around you a lot of men are this a lot of men are doing it now as well a lot of men want to just wear stretch jeans which you know this is fine but the problem is this stuff it gets into the environment it gets into the water system it, it doesn't really like deteriorate so it's a real problem mm-hmm. yeah it's There's a global problem ego, but the actual the material is made from so it's a very dirty business we're in mm-hmm. and a lot of denim people who are a lot senior to me who've been in the game 30 years more you know they'll they will come to the conclusion that we spent 30 40 years like destroying a planet now we want to try and figure out a way of doing it that we're not so a lot of these really cool denim people we're heading up amazing companies now uh, you know um a lot we're heading up a lot of denim mills as well a lot of these ex, lot of ex these experts are trying to figure out ways of making denim in a way that's a lot more like sustainable and it's not mm-hmm. just um a trend thing it's actually they feel very guilty because i've made so much money from it and they're like fuck we can't carry on doing this we're destroying the planet so it, mm-hmm. that's good our gen my generation now is where the we have to carry that on yeah, yeah, I see. What we're doing. Uh, but as I said, not all of us are just going to wear raw jeans the whole time. So yeah. we have to come up with another fiber, a different fiber that doesn't pollute the environment or doesn't use as much water to yeah. make it. You know, yeah, it yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question for you there, Martin. So uh, we're talking sure. about sustainability there. Um, yeah. If people are buying jeans purely based on sustainability and they've got two hundred pounds in the pocket. Mm. Purely based on sustainability, who should they be buying? In your opinion, you know what? A lot of companies, even a lot of these high street companies as well, they're all going for the sustainability ang- ang- angle, and they're, they're they're saying if you like return a pair of jeans, you you, you get a little bit, you get a discount off your next one, and and they're recycling, and they're saying they're going to recycle them and put it into the next jean. That's not really possible. It is in a way, but you have to be 
really linked up to a good factory. There's another new, really great mill. Another one in Pakistan, there's loads of them doing it, but another one called Artistic, um, and they're based in, in Karachi, and they're one of the only mills that completely can recycle a pair of jeans that bound to a fibre again, you know, and then to re-spin its cotton. They're one of the only ones. So there's, okay. it's just, you just have to be linked to one of these guys, and then you can claim to do that. So, um, well, which, which company's doing it? Everyone's doing it. But the thing is, as long as you're... You're asking, as long as the customer's asking the right questions as well. So, you know, yes, you can, every, even at Timberland, this is something, something that I liked at Timberland, you know, when I joined this about six years ago or so, mm. they were doing this, they were doing the whole like sustainability angle when I joined. You know, the, yeah. no one was doing it. They were like saying, Morsin, 50% of your collection has to be sustainable. Otherwise, we're not, it's not going to be allowed in the range. That includes the hang tags and the buttons and the fabric itself. And I remember having an argument with the marketing person about this because obviously, you know, this has come from a marketing point. You know, some yeah. marketing guy wants to just put it in a press release saying our collection is sustainable. But I remember having an argument about it because I had chosen this fabric from Cone Mills. Yeah. I think this is this is when they just released that denim, which is made from recycled bottles. I don't know if you remember it. But yeah, yeah. Five, five, five years ago or so. Yeah. And we tried to use it at Timberland. And I, I, I think one of my pictures when I got the, got, the, got the job at the time is like, what fabric should we be using in the next collection? And I said, dude, Cone have just released this fabric. I think that like, Levi's had a um, exclusivity on it for a year or maybe a, a season. Now the exclusivity's run, run, yeah. run off. We can be one of the first companies to u- to use it. Yeah. So I got the fabric in. We sampled it, in, and then the marketing guy stopped it and I said, "Morsin, this fabric is not fifty percent sustainable." And I said to them, "Guys, do you understand how fabrics are made?" I said to them, "You know," <laughs> so I started laughing. I said, yeah. "Guys, it's more of a, a 70, 30 30 thing." You know, I don't know if you knew uh, warp and the weft, right? And yeah, yeah. It's like more like thirty percent, thirty five percent goes on the horizontal, horizontal which is the yeah. white part, right? yeah. and then the rest of it's on the indigo part, which is going going uh, going up and down, really. And yeah. then I said to them, the recycled element of it is only on the weft, which is about thirty percent. Mm-hmm. You can't have it fifty percent. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. I think at that time they hadn't put recycled uh, cotton or recycled elements in the warp yet. So, yeah. So that so, was a problem. So we couldn't use the fabric. Yeah, all yeah. Because of Just Timberland's like marketing strategy, where they said it has to be fifty percent sustainable. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't use it, and I was, I was really angry about it. And then, you know, two years later, I found out that Timberland had used the same fabric on, on a pair of shoes. So, so you know, it's just really funny. A diff, different department had managed to use it, but I couldn't use it in in the denim. Yeah. So, um, I see. But that's how it is. A lot of these things are driven by marketing people. So a lot of these press releases that you're hearing is just the marketing strategy to, to help people. But at, at, at the end of the day, a lot of companies are really using a lot of organic cotton. And then you know, even like even at VF, they were, you know they were talking. But just as I was leaving three two three years ago, they were talking about having a barcode system inside the garment. So when you when a customer buys the garment, they'll be able to scan it in. It'll take them to a website. And on the website, it will actually tell you the history of that entire garment. So where it was oh, made, which good country idea. it was made. Yeah, there'll be a map. Cool. And, and there'll be, yeah, but that's the way it's going. That is the way I it's see. going. Right? I've been in conferences only, only two weeks ago where they were showing this same thing, but re- real time, where the guy had the garment made and he had a code inside the garment and you, you type the code into a special website and then it took you a map, map of the world and, and that you could see everything where the, where the garment was made and you had pictures of the factory then you see where, they, where it was spun and pictures of the factory and the location and the person that you're sewing it and it was mad it was mad but this is that's interesting that's the problem but that's the way it's really going and but i think the problem is now is like all these small fat fat factories because i make garments as well and if someone expected me to morton can you 
have a system like that in, integrated into your garment. I'm like, dude, it will cost me thousands of pounds to do that. And, yeah. and I would have to, every single garment, I have garments made in different parts of the world, right? And different, mm-hmm. you know, trims come from someplace or whatever. I'd have to go to that factory and take a picture. And then I'd have to get a like, certificate proving that this picture is not fake. And, you know, it would be, it's that kind of world. So I have to hire it. So that's the problem that these yeah. big, these companies are going now is that they want to be sustainable, but the, um, the, the, people, the, kind of the people, the, there, there is a system in place, but it's very expensive. And, and at yeah. the end of the day, Primark or whatever it is, they still want to sell that gene for 12 quid, but it wants, they want it to be, they want it to be sustainable. So that's the point. Cause I also work for a lot of high street people, which pe- people don't know, you know, from everyone. So, so I, I'm, I'm dealing with lots of things like how can we make this sustainable? How can we make this more transparent? I'm like, okay, well, the best thing is you can use like sustainable cotton. You can work with a mill that's lead cert, lead certified. You know, like I said, I said earlier. So yeah, yeah. You know that that fact, that garment, the the fabric has to be made in an environment where it's completely cool and you know everything's you know it's it's that's what it is. I've seen some real shit factories. I've seen some amazing ones. And in the last few years, I've been seeing some really amazing ones. So um, that's what it is. I've seen both ends of the spectrum now. So yeah. it's just um, helping people and advising other people. I see what they should be doing. I see. I don't know uh, what your question was. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. That's good. It's fine. Um, we're, we're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. We're just uh, yeah. being educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll oh, say no, you know. I can talk. I can talk forever. Like one hour is not enough. I <laughs> <laughs> no, I did a presentation in Bangladesh for two hours of me talking straight. Yeah, and I can't believe it. It took me an hour to read your LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but the, the, the thing was, it, it was like a 120 slides, and you know, all these all original slides. They're not nicked of other people. Mm. So they're pictures that I take, and everyone was like, "Fuck me!" And can I get a copy of this presentation? And I went, "Not really." <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a big no, enough Dropbox? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, I do give away everything. But the last the last few years, I've been a bit careful. Yeah. Um, one guy said, "Can I have a copy of what you gave?" And I went, oh, "Actually, no," because um, you know, this is my light livelihood now. So yeah, 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 yeah you, definitely. You can, you can like record everything I'm saying. You can record the whole presentation if you want, but I can't give away my my uh, PDF any anymore. But you can, if you're clever enough, you can just go online and just print screen it whenever you see it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Of course. If, you're, if, you're, um, if you're clever enough, you can do that. But yeah. Um, sorry, what was your question? No, no, no. So I've got a question jumping back 10 minutes. Okay. Because um, <laughs> we talked about, obviously, the world's heaviest denim. Oh, yeah. yeah. In your opinion, because my opinions are very, very different, because I'm pretty new to this, I'm yeah. new to raw denim since Podcast 1 started, Clobbercast 1 started, okay. and I had nothing but 20 quid H&M jeans. That Which is it. fine, you know. It, it's it's as long as it's you know if that's all you can afford and if you're happy with it, if you're happy with the fit, you know, not everyone should be wearing expensive stuff. But I think what it is that I shifted to more selvage fabrics probably when I started working at Okini. So when I after I left you know university and when I get when I got educated about selvage fabric, I started you know, let's go home and look at all the denim I've got and I realized everything I had was shit. Mm. What I regarded yeah, yeah. as crap, you know, it was a real but- eye opener for me. <laughs> I think the, it, was really, uh, it was really upsetting. I was like realizing that everything I had was made really yeah. not really it's, good. Well, that's where Glenn is now, I think. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, but you know, even when I started learning about construction and machinery and how things should be made and you know how things should be finished when you make garments, you should hide your raw seams and you know you shouldn't have overlocking and da, 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 all these things I learned as a student. So obviously, when I started making garments, so when I started making garments for big companies, they said, "Oh, <coughs> just cut cut corners and make it quick." And I went, "No." Mm-hmm. So even. When I started at Okini, I was making garments with um, 
gold binding and I was doing really strange things to add Costin. I having lots of arguments with mer- merchandisers about how things yeah. should be finished. Yeah, and I For me, it's all, all, about ha- all about hanger appeal as well, you know? Yeah, when definitely. something's folded up or when it's hung up in a way, you see the insides of it, it's just like me. It's like, it's horrible. So let's just spend yeah. a little bit of energy and make it slightly better. And then the person who wears it will feel really happy that they've got someone that's, you know, especially yeah. men. Uh, men feel, most good men's wear unless all the, all the details are hidden. You know, that's and it. To be honest, I could geek out with you about that. Yeah. Ages, but you, know, you, know, you know, you've got that special piece of salvage which no no one can see, but you feel yeah. great that you got it. You know, so it's yeah, like exactly um, that. All these small things. So I've learned that a lot from my education, and then I took that further when I worked for other brands, and then when I came to my own brands, it's all about hiding everything and, and doing everything in a mental way. Like I designed the first couple of Enduring Dreams I, I designed, I made them so there were people couldn't copy them. And, yeah. but I know it's a stupid thing to say. It's still just very difficult to make. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to use so many different machines to do it. You you have to do the pocket shown with like two different machines. It's riveted on. All the rivets are also backed with leather. It's like mental, mental, mental. This is when you know it's a couple of other brands doing it. There's like, a good friend of mine, like Jason, like sort of like sort of like Denham in Amsterdam. But they, yeah. a lot of brands were doing it, making jeans in a way that they just want to make things right. They want to make things properly. And uh, that's what it was. And, you know, it wasn't about making things that people can't, couldn't copy. I just wanted to, when I started making jeans for the first time, my own jeans, I said, okay, and I t- tell this to students, it's like, okay, what don't you like about it? And let's start there. So I said, okay, yeah. I don't like the way, how the waistband is made. I, You know, if you look at a pair of jeans that are with, with a chain stitch um, um, uh, um, construction, and I love the chain stitch waistband machine, nothing wrong with it. But when you get to the end of the process, you have to stop and then, um, you have to tuck it back in and you have to do you have to use another machine called a lock stitch machine to finish it and so it becomes yeah. a bit messy so it's like i said okay how can i make that better so i came up with a turn back kind of way and, and i said okay i'm not a fan of yokes so let's do like dart manipulation and i want to i want to you you know I, I just looked at every single bit of the gene and enhanced it that's all i did and i said because I, I used to work at like levi's i did lots of levi's collaboration so I learned about their construction and I, so I just learned a lot from other brands and I said, okay, how can I make mm-hmm. it better? Then well, you could put all that together into yeah, yeah, yeah. one yeah, brand. Nothing's really changed. You know, if you pick up a pair of jeans from the 40s, it's the same as what you would buy now. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that and it sh- we shouldn't change it, but the method of how it's been made, because uh, up until that point, this is when Levi's and all these bigger companies had already streamlined their production. You yeah. must understand that. You know, if you look at a pair of jeans from 1910, and look at Perry News from 1940, it's completely different how it's even been made. Yeah. And the, the stuff that's made in the early, you know, the 1910 period is 50 times better, like how it's made, like construction. Really? It still looks like the same, but it, it, it's made mm-hmm. so much better, you know. So all I've done is, is I've been looking at the past a lot. I've been looking at early work where stuff that predates denim from before 19, before 1873, and, and that's when, like, when Levi's, made their very first blue jean but we all think it's 1872 now but you know it, 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 it dates keep on changing because is that because of the pattern the patent that's because of the patent yeah, yeah. but they, they were making workwear way before that but it, it wasn't blue. Duck. It was made out made out of duck but yeah. um it, it's it's um but there were lots of companies doing it at the same time and everyone forgets about those everyone just, just thinks about the three main giants the levi's leans or uh, wranglers but there were 10 15 10 15 others also making work workwear as yeah. well and they're they're just a, they're just as like important so and because all these other become like there's a company called boss of the road which is now owned by lee and yeah. lee bought all their patents you know so it's like but they don't do much with it anymore you know a lot of respect to lee and like wrangler but but they're always it's like tech companies they buy up when a company goes down they buy up all their their patents and they, they sit on them so no one else can use them kind of like that 
Mm-hmm. So um, these big companies buy up other companies so to either kill them off or to buy a competition or to just sit on their then to use some of their tech 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 technology. To cherry so, pick um, it basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, anyway, so, I'm sorry, I've forgotten what the question was. <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually get to my question on that time. <laughs> but it's, it's, no, 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 you're absolutely fine, absolutely fine. It's just a really quick question because we talked about like the heaviest denim that there can be. Oh, yeah, 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 heaviest yeah. denim. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Ben first kitted me up, um, I got naked and famous jeans. Mm. Great, great uh, guys. I'm friends with, I'm, fr- I'm actually friends with, with, with those guys. And they're I've, really, really fun. I've mm. got them on now and the definitely i have to say bear in mind i uh I, I, I would i knew i knew ben because i used to work with him many many years ago in 2005 2006 in a vintage okay. store yeah. um yeah. and then we reconnected because i got some uh, red wing boots from asos and they were nice. massive so I was like where can I, I i need to you know return these i need to go and get some local try them on and then i mm. knew of ben's store reconnected and then we went from there um, started working together um, obviously marketing and talking reconnecting beers as, as you yeah. do um, and my first entry into it all because first of all those were, there was a lot to learn but we thought well sorry Ben thought how better to learn rather than live on air speaking to people from around the world you guys are asking all these questions which a lot of people wouldn't ask you know you guys just asking how's it done that's what I like about you guys a lot that's like I literally knew nothing and I was speaking to the guys like I was speaking to Greg um from the LA LA denim hangs I was speaking to Dom from Red Wing and all this sort of stuff like yeah but I don't get it why are you paying 200 quid for jeans like I paid 20 quid for H&M and all that sort of stuff it's, it's, yeah. it's mad but like going back to it like I could definitely afford to do it but I never could justify it but, um, yeah. but then anyway fast forward I just, this is like my life story for the last six months going yeah. on but um, when Ben put me in these naked and famous jeans he said these are a perfect jean for you to start with um, yeah, and then, and like then, a bit like a nudie or something like that. So they're what? Is twelve, twelve ounce stretch? You've got a bit of stretch. Two percent uh, elastine. Uh, they wear really well. For me, when I got them on, and I drove them from the store, I'm like, yeah, I'll just leave them on. I drove them from the store. It was a twenty minute drive home, and it was the most uncomfortable <laughs> drive I have oh, ever no. made in my life. And I thought. What the hell? I, I felt like Ben had put Pringle. But how, but how are they now, though? When I tell amazing, you, amazing. <laughs> like literally, well, like, I literally the wear them every the single know, day. Within a few days, within a few hours, it will yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. yeah I, I tell people to buy jeans and and to just. I, I, tell, I tell people when they buy jeans, it's like make sure you can't do the top top button top button up. That's I said that in store. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah. I, I got and these jeans all, up. Always, and as long as you can get the the, the fly buttons up or. At least yeah. one or two of them, then it will be fine. You know, yeah. I, I teach people how to make jeans as well. You know, I've been, I've taught so many people, like a couple of hundred people yeah. now, individually how to make jeans. I love so them. Like, They're the best mm. thing I've bought apart from all my RGT things because I love, 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 love RGT. But nice. my, I'm trying to get to my question, uh, and my question is, because <laughs> I'm trying to spit it out now, is like, when is what weight? becomes just ridiculous because in my opinion again okay i've tried I've, i can tell you I, yeah, yeah. I've, me, go on you do it, <laughs> me, it, it anything beyond 16 ounce it, it's 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 very heavy and unless you're an avid 
rider of a motorcycle and you, you want that slight protection. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest, it, it, anything beyond eight, 18 is a bit silly. That's yeah. my point of view. Yeah. But I've used very heavy denim as well. I've used more, you know, quite heavy fabrics, but people have asked for it. But me, me as a as a wearer of denim, anything beyond sixteen, I, I, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't personally want to wear. Yeah. But that's my personal opinion. But, yeah. Um, I, I design very heavy denim and I work with it, and it's fun. It's fun doing it because it's it's a challenge, isn't it? So because once you, the whole reason we made these super heavy jeans with Ben in Canada was because. He was friends with another guy who owned a factory that sell that sells sewing machines. So there's a link there, and he goes, "You know what? I'll just go to this guy, and I'll use a lot of his carpet machines, carpet surges, all these crazy <laughs> machines that you use for carpet when you sew carpets together. And I'll use one of those couple of machines to sew this pair of jeans with." Now it's fantastic. He goes, "I'm not going to risk it with my my machine." So he took it to the factory. <laughs> speaking of making it. Yeah, and it's I, remarkable. I, I, it's, so, it's so difficult to use because it's like cardboard. So yeah. if, you, if you see a sewing machine, you can't bend it. You can't do all these things with it because it's so hard. And Ben did it. He, he made this gene. It was amazing. And oh, that's mad. You know, it, it is really mad. Yeah. What? Uh, what, where can anybody that's listening? Because I know people are going to be googling this gene. Is there anywhere they can yeah. see it online and have a look? There are pic. There are pic. Pic. Pictures. I'm. I'm I've got loads, but I'm probably not allowed to send, post them up. But um, Ben's got quite a few. Loads of them have been making them. I'm, I'm sure, you know, if it's Ben's, Ben's like, Ben's like list, uh, listening or someone re- reaches out to me, he might post about it again or put some pic, pic, pictures up. But I'll get um, his contact off you and drop him an email, this, see this, if we can get some yeah, out this, for it. This, cool. I, I can. I've got pictures, but I'm not allowed. They're not mine, if you know what yeah, I mean. So yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I have to get permission to show them to everyone. But, um, because it, 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 I'm, you know, so I just helped do, did the project. I didn't actually make the gene, but um, it's, it's not my not mine to share. But Ben, yeah. I'm sure he will he will share some more pictures because we're talk, talking about it. But Brilliant. it's a beautiful gene as well. But you know, but it's um, yeah, this denim in itself was yeah, it's a very different kind of construction. Because if you know about denim construction, most denim that you and I wear is a three by one right hand twill. Okay, you yes. might heard that before. Yeah, yeah. But and and if you if you bear if you buy a couple of denim shirts they there's some of them also are a three by one construction but it's a more of a tighter construction yeah and most of most of the time it's a two by one construction you might not know it's a slightly different angle and it's it's using it's a slightly lighter weave construction yes denim from the 1940s period and earlier was mostly a two by one construction okay so that's why a lot of early workwear it's got loads of holes in it because they're actually wearing material that we would class as shirting weights now but they're using it for bottoms yeah so yeah. anyway so what, what is a chambray a chambray is it kind of like you get different types but it's more like a box weave it's basically a one over one um i can send you a picture and you can put it up on your your, your yeah, we'll do. yeah um, it's cool it's, it's um the thing is guys there's 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 so many different weave constructions yeah. and um you know the three by one right hand wheel is just one of the one of the nine f- f- fundamental weaves that's what it's called it's not it's on a chart but yeah. there's many different types of weaves different directions left hand twirl right hand twirl broken twirl which is what like rat rat wrangler use um i thought the story about, about why they created broken twirl were brilliant me though about the yeah you know, the jacket it's, it's, twisting that's it but all fabrics as you know and you guys wear jeans and you 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 obviously when you wear them you'll notice things twist you know yeah. slightly they the leg twists and um nowadays a lot of fabrics are treated so they don't twist as much it's treated at the fabric stage when they 
and they make it and in yarn stage they treat it there's many ways to counteract this problem mm. but many companies like Levi's and lots of even like myself I actually love it so I actually actually like encourage it more so yeah. I encourage to I use a lot of unsanforized like fabric I think one of the first times I tried to sell to like Rivet and Hyde bless them and they they I told them it's all on mostly on, on uh, unsanforized and they didn't like that concept at, at the time so you yeah. know so, it's, you know so um but you know it, that's that's what it is and that's the thing like many Denim brands they have to stick to the, what what they believe in their own philosophy, you know. Mm. So, you know, I, that's how that's how it works. That makes same. me different from everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so, go on, Glenn. Um, I was just going to ask us, obviously, from speaking <laughs> did to you. Did I answer your question though? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you did. You did. De- you definitely did. <laughs> well, I wanted uh, I wanted to ask that you've been involved with so many different projects. Um, you know, different brands. A lot, brands a lot of brands that people don't know about as well. I've been lots of se- been a secret designer as well. Loads of brands. Yeah. Which is really fun. Uh, really what, funny. What I wanted to ask is if you know what if if you could be defined or remembered. Not that you, not that we're killing you off just yet. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, but if you could literally say my proudest work moment is dot dot dot. What would that be? You know what? What brand or what did it you could revolution? It, it could be a, it could, a project. It could yeah, be a yeah, garment. Any, it could be all right. anything from your work life that you're proudest of. That'd be really interesting to um, to know. I, I recently, in the last few months, um, Levi's have released a project where they've decided that soon they're going to be doing lots of laser, like low. Everything's going to be laser. I don't know if you read the press release. That yeah, yeah. Emily yeah. Levitin did that. Levi said that they're not going to make as many garments anymore. Everything's going to be raw, and then um, you would come in, or, or and then they would you would select, or the, the company, the, let's just say a, a store, the selfies will come in and they'll select that wash, and there'll be a selection of washes, and Levi's will just do it from that base, and they'll do the washing treatments based on laser, very economical. But my one of my proudest moments was very early part of my career is I was one of the first ones to use a laser machine for Levi's. So oh, I did really? a very, the, one of Levi's very first laser collections and it was for Levi's Japan. So, um, okay. um, and that was amazing because this is when no one was doing it. Can you explain to Glenn what using a laser machine means so I'm, he I'm understands a, okay. what the... Am I right in thinking it's, it's like that? It's changed a lot. It's even in the last 16 years, it's, it's from where it was it's from it's this mind-blowing what they can do now but but yeah. basically what it was um back back then when i started my career this is back in 2002 2003 period um there was a factory out in macau which is now part of, near hong kong and they had um they had a really big factory which no longer makes jeans anymore i think they only do do bedding sheets it's really strange a lot of these uh, great factories they chop and change that's the thing yeah um so they, um, these guys were making jeans for Okini and Levi's and Abisu and loads of big companies. And they had acquired loads of laser machines. And we at Okini were doing projects with both Levi's Europe. They had an office in, in London at the time. And doing really big projects with Levi's Japan as well. And the Japanese ones were the probably the super exciting ones because they were a bit more avant-garde. I think Comme de Garçon or they were yeah. a bit more out there. So it wasn't just make a regular five pocket. It was like, can you make an artisan five pocket? Yes. Put crazy stuff on it. Can you make change it, do a crazy fit? And, you know, it was, it was all really cool stuff. So they said, um, more saying, um, we've heard that the factory that we're nominated to use has got a laser machine. Do you mind designing us a couple of jeans and doing some kind of laser printing on it? So it, 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 how, how I can describe it is that it was... Um, 
it was a flatbed machine. They also had it on a mannequin as well. Yeah. And you can like project so it lasers on a pattern. And what it is, but this pattern has many different like sort of like sort of like velocities. That's what it is. And so a bit like when you have an iron on an ironing board and you leave it on a garment, and then and then at one stage it starts colouring and it starts going brown and it goes different colours yeah. before it burns. Before it burns, right? It goes, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, crazy shit. Same thing. So with a laser, you can change the velocity or the intensity of the laser to create yeah. different colours on the fab on the fabric. Yes. Now, denim, as as we know. It's many different combinations to denim. So it's the types of cotton you use, the types of weaves you can do, the types of indigos you can do, the types of dyes you can do, how many dips you're going to do. So already we've got a starting block of like so many different variables. So we managed to select the denim that we liked. Yeah. We made some garments and we did loads of tests on, on it. And then I ended up doing a pattern or a crazy pattern. It's kind of like a, looking back on it now, it kind of reminds me of an Edwin garment. It's funny, actually. Okay. And then, um, so it's like a W pattern. Or it was like the RQF, but it was yeah. kind of printed onto this garment. And we had color blocked it. It's very relevant now. If, if it got released tomorrow, everyone would love it because it's so in the moment. Like, yeah, yeah. come back full, full circle where it would look really fresh now, a bit like that Wrangler collection that they did where it was all color, all color, all color, color blocked. Yes. Kind of like that. And we had, but what I did was I had, because I made, I designed it. I also pattern cut it as well. So I pattern cut the pockets to be the same shape as the laser pattern. Yeah. And this was no one had done this before. So all the chest pockets were different. And so, but the, the laser pattern was matched up, and all the laser graphics were done on Illustrator. I did the patterns also. It was all it was all one to one. So I controlled all I controlled all, all of it. And then in the end, we did it on some Levi's vintage, so on an LBC collection as well. We 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 actually did it on too. So that sold out as well. I think I only made a hundred pieces. I have two, two of the pieces still in my ar- archive from that that period. Brilliant. Um, that's probably one of my favorite. That's my very mm-hmm. early part of my like career. But I think <clears throat> for me now, it's more about edu- educating. I really get a lot of. Um, I really enjoy teaching, and it's really fun. And yeah. I really enjoy uh, teaching kids, and they are kids. You know, a 16, 16 year old, seventeen year old kid, or a, a newbie at like university in the first year. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about denim, and I explain him about cotton concepts, construction, denim history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a big module, and at the end they make a pair of jeans with me as well, and they go away cool. mind blown that simple pair of jeans is it's not actually simple, simple, yeah. simple at all. <laughs> so yeah, mm. so you you mentioned their entry level, which brings me on to my next question. Um, so obviously, me six months ago knew nothing apart from I knew I wanted some Red Wing. And I had my twenty quid H and M jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fine. Nothing um, wrong. Nothing wrong with, 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 with that at all. Um, but um, what I'm going to say is, is, say for example, if somebody comes to you and says, "Look, I'm new to this. I need to be bedded in slowly." Mm. What jeans and what jacket would you put them in as an entry level? And then the same question: How would you establish that this guy? Sorry like fast forward 10, 20 years, a proper denim head, how would you identify him? What jacket and what jeans would he be wearing? So a full-on denim head, what would he be wearing? And how different would that be to someone who's just entering the raw what denim market? What I would do market? and what I do also is I introduce people, I do it from a, like a historical point of view. So okay. I'll show them the early Levi's jeans from the, the 17, 1870s period up until what nowadays 
well, everyone, everyone copies, right? Everyone yeah. copies the 1947, like sort of like Levi's, the, the main yeah, yeah. block, really. Yeah. And then, then I'll show them uh, other versions that Lee have done and Wrangler have done. And then I go into Japanese brands like sort of like sort of like, sort of like, sort of like Stevenson overalls or, or something else, which is like a modern take on that, you know. And, and then I'll figure out if they want to go slightly more cowboy or whatever. If not cowboy, but if they want to be more heritage. Or if they want to be more yes. modern, and then I would introduce them to a lot of modern brands like like Denham or something like that. Because a lot of these great brands, even my own brand, are, you know, they, there's um, great people making jeans. Which, but you know, you can still get an entry jean for ninety quid to one hundred and ten quid quite easily from that those, those yeah. types of brands. But mm-hmm. you know, so if they can't afford it, then I say, okay, well, go to like Top Man or something. Because they, at the end of the day, the, the designers who are working there, and I'm friends with them all, they're, they're also from the same thinking pot as me so they also get influenced by the same sort of brands but um yeah they're just working to margins aren't they and naked and famous or whatever you're saying they're a great brand you know because they you know so um um, you know so they but they're all about fabric as well so you can learn it's it's denim is a very geeky thing and that's the thing it's like we all get excited about the geek the geeky side of it the fabric side side of it uh, you know and then 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 it comes to the shape you know a lot lot of men now are are very particular about how things fit now Mm -hmm. even pocket position i remember someone trying on pair of jeans and hated it because the pocket position was too low you know it's it's really interesting the way menswear is really going yeah and um but uh, i don't know if i answered your question but i'll start them off slow but i'll I'll introduce them from a historical point of view and and i'll explain to them i would just say you should go with you know i don't know the telestone because they're amazing but you know you could go there as well but but um That'd be a great gene, but yeah, yeah it's I've all got about some of them ones. Well. And a lot of these brands, a lot of these bigger brands, you know, it's, especially when it comes to women's wear as well, it's like sometimes it's always better instead of buying that Stella McCartney gene, which is amazing, but you could go to a high street equivalent and you could get the similar kind of shape. You know, that's what a lot of girls ask me: what what gene should I? What's the best fit at the moment? At the moment, and I say, to be honest, probably a Top Shop for you or something because they're just <laughs> spot on. They're, yeah, yeah. All the fabrics that, <laughs> All the fabrics that they're using as well are ethical and they're going they're using mills that are in in turkey and other places which their, their standards are you know the same fabric that a high street brand would use is the same fabric that would be in, in a prada gene that retails for six 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 hundred quid that's crazy that's, the, that's a real that's a real thing here so yeah that's the thing it's like um it's the same fabric really it is but it's just it's just cut differently or whatever but most of mm. these high street guys are really on it now so fast you know the stuff i've been doing recently for some of the, i was doing stuff for zara six months ago and okay, it's, yeah. it's shocking it's shocking you know a trend and it's all trend work as well it's like we want to do this kind of genus okay so let's pattern cut one and let's get something similar so it, it, it's a different kind of work um is it can it be can it be like rewarding yes but it's also quite soul destroying at the same time working for these bigger companies yeah. um but, um, but um, you know, because it is just so fast and it's so fast paced. And, no, that's what that, everybody. Working with a smaller, having your own company like Timberland or even um, my own brand, Andrew or Timberland, is like these companies are even though they're fast, they're they're not they're a bit slow as well. So something that you would see in Timberland, if it just came out now, they would have designed it no joke like a good year and a half ago earlier. Mm-hmm. So they're not that close to the sea season as let's just say a high street company would be. And a lot of these companies they they're producing stuff they, they're doing things that are more closer to the season so yeah. to be more to be more like it's more effective basically in it it's, yeah. it's a lot more fashion and not stale it's so only speak, because so. that you know if you want to have a sustainable gene let's just say let's just talk about sustainability i want this denim and it has to be made ethical and it has to be using this special cotton that's been done in a really amazing environment and but it takes it's slower to it's slower to it's slower to make because it takes longer to produce you know there's 
there are problems when you become really sustainable. You know, yeah, actually, yeah. it's not it's not sustainable either. Well, it's, it's like that price it, triangle, isn't it? Speed. What is it? Yeah, it, it, it speed, work. quality, price. It, it doesn't yeah, work. you know, yes, you, you know, can like, do a little bit of it. You can only ever do two. Have, yeah, yeah, it's one of them. You, you know, you can do. 30-40% of your collection can be like mm-hmm. that but yeah. you did the whole and, and I commend yeah, brands definitely. like Nudie and this company who are saying we're going to be 100% sustainable we're going to be 100% this I'm like dude it's amazing that you can do that but most brands I have to use a DHL to have my button shipped from like sort of like, sort of like Japan I can't, I, can't, no, I can't put it on a I can't I need that button tomorrow you know yeah. I can't wait for two months for a ship I understand ship I understand um, in the cheapest method and the slowest method to get it to me in the UK it doesn't yeah, work like I see. that so um, just on that, I've seen uh, regarding like <coughs> certain brands when it comes to s- sustainability um, and kind of their claims, and I'm not going to ask you to mention any brands at all because you know we don't want to <laughs> get. I'm trying any- to be so careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is there brands out there, and I'm just going to spit as many out as I can think of. Um, so you know, Naked and Famous, Telerson, um, Eat Dust. Um, yeah. Whoever they might be out there, they're all friends of mine. Everyone needs to make Is there kind of big? Is there kind of big raw denim companies out there? Not obviously mention any of those, um, mm. but is there big brands out there where you would you kind of like burn a little bit inside because they make certain claims or they're not as sustainable as what they say that they are, and you see that they're maybe uh, they're doing really well falsely is there any smoke and mirrors when it comes to raw denim and not asking any you know to put anybody on <laughs> that spot but it's uh, a simple yes or no <laughs> is is there brands out there because there must be you know who who is of the, course there uh, are yeah of course there are um but going by the three that you mentioned um you know they're all friends of mine and they're all doing different things really but mm-hmm. the good, you know let's talk about you know telecine for instance fantastic fits you know yeah and then yeah. they they they've been using cone mills um, um sort of like you know forever it's worth saying that they were my second gene making mm-hmm. making it in their environment and making it in america and they, they, that's yeah. been their philosophy you know the eat dust guys like rob and those guys they you know they're all about they're all they're living their they're doing everything about their lifestyle, you know. Yeah. So they're making products that works for them. And, I'm actually you know, wearing some eat dust right now. And like, yeah, Rob's you know, an awesome guy. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of the factories where they make yeah. it. You know, and then you said about naked and naked and famous. They they literally have changed the game. Those guys They're to a point where they've they've educated so many people about it. Like everything about the fabrics. To you know, you see their their own blogcasts that you know, like sort of like sort of like they they. They actually do, and, and they're very much in touch with what's going on, and um, but they're all about having fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're all yeah, about yeah, taking yeah, definitely. Well, which they are taking the piss out of, yeah. of fashion. That's, that's, I come from a fashion sort of like you know sort of like environment. I, I'm a trained fashion designer. Yeah, I've been around. Even I went to a fashion show the other day, and the most ridiculous things people were wearing just going to the fashion show. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's, it's really funny, but they take the piss out of all of that. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. so so you know, so for them, it's all about making it's all about pushing the boundaries with fabric you know it's yeah. a simple five pocket gene but what fabrics can we make it out of what how can we what what things can you push in the most funniest fun way possible and that you can tell they have a lot of fun doing it and to be honest it's quite accessible it's not that expensive you know it, it's it's you know i remember speaking to them and they were like dude you know we because I, I i expected them to give away a lot of stuff going oh you must give away your product to some people and go dude mm-hmm. you don't we don't at all. No. People actually buy it from us. We don't do any product placement. So I went, 
that's fun that's fantastic you know so for me i just don't like brands okay there's a new brand come about quite recently quite recently literally i didn't know anything about it so i i obviously messaged my our, our friend amy Lev, amy levitin i level print screen, <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I print screens their instagram page and i'm like dude i've never heard of these guys before but they got 400k followers or, or, or already where the hell do they come from and then we both came to the conclusion that we we both don't know them so we they're don't just, understand so there's a lot of people who pay they're just bought in yeah who pay for their followers and pay that's for and that's what it's all about and yeah most I, I get quite annoyed when you know i go into selfages and i see a piece of crap and it's 700 quid you know and i'm like yeah yeah Dude, I met that buyer quite recently and he didn't take anything. You know, it's, just, it's just really, it's all about celebrityism now. Yeah. So I, I actually different. appreciate brands who just stick to their own, even the Dawson, okay. Dawson guys. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and all these guys, they're just doing their own thing and they don't give a rat's ass. You know, if they want people to follow them, they'll follow them because they're doing something really cool. Rather yeah, than, we got 10K followers and, and we're giving away a gene today and, and all this other bullshit. It's, it's all about good products and make, making right. things pro- properly. Fantastic. And educate people along the way, and and uh, hopefully people will like. We'll say, yeah. People will like like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, definitely. So and I, um, I, I don't want to diss those guys. They're all doing great. No, no, so, but cool. there, there are many brands who are, who are taking the piss. Who, who <laughs> <use> <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the honesty. No, no, no. no, no but the thing is, uh, even with my own brand, Endrime, it's like okay, I'm going to be transparent from day one. I'm going to tell you what machines I'm using. I'm going to tell you what where my fabric comes from. I'm one of the first brands to do it. Even like Nudie and these companies. They ended up using a lot of those same things that I did in my first gene. You know, yeah. they start. Everyone starts. Mm-hmm. Everyone now puts down their fabrics from like sort of like Carabo. No okay. one, no one did that. I see. And or, now, I'm going to say it now before I did. You know, so it's like you know. So, <laughs> like, no, no, it's true. It's I like believe now you. It's become quite important because yeah. a lot of because I, I only did it. I only did it for my own brand because a lot of people that buy my product they go, "Is it hemmed on a union special? Which fabric is it? Is it is it is it is it, is it, is it like fabric or is it?" You know, they, people, these denim guys, they know. They know. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know, they'll ask the question. So for me, it's like I'm just saved myself the trouble. I put that, all that information inside a gene, and I put it on the website where the gene. Now I don't have to talk about it anymore. So you know, and so that's me really. So mm-hmm. I just want I see, to be I see. transparent, and that was like six years ago. I've got, and a lot of people are doing it now, so it's really cool. I see. And I'm I, quite pleased that, that a lot, a lot of people are, but a lot of companies aren't as well. They're using a lot of other fabrics and lying about where it comes from. And we all know that most selvage fabrics, or, or the ones that we tend to use, are done on done on like sort of like narrow width looms. Mm-hmm. So they only a certain width, so I decided to put that selvage on the waistband. Do you, know? th- so, do you think we can get selvage on the make it? Do you think it'll ever be mainstream, or do you think it'll always be that niche denim? Do you think it'll ever be standard to have a selvage edge on jeans? It was standard up until the seventies. Everything yeah. was selvage, but the thing is, because of the this is this is this is cotton and denim history now because of um. You know, in the 70s period and 80s period, really, 70s, 80s period, yeah. a lot of these factories that were making cotton at the time, all of their machinery was antique. Now, they, they started in the 40s or 30s, or, or, you know, so good 30, 40 years, and, you know, they go through rotations, well, let's modernize the, the actual factory, and that, let's get newer machines. Oh, these newer ones can make more denim on a more wide, wider width. Great, yeah. we can make more jeans. They weren't thinking about selvage at the time. They were thinking yeah. it's more economical for us to make it wider. Yeah, yeah. But then the, the problem is when you do that, then you can't use the same slubby cotton that we all like. You know, they, they, then they had to come up with different ways of spinning cotton. Yeah. Hence why open ends came about as well. So it's like, you know, so, which is just, a, a, um, it just happened all at the same time because they had to come up with different ways because these newer looms, 
they couldn't take the, the old type or the ring spun cotton as well so that to make opening cotton so they had they came up with different ways of spinning cotton and then it just all happened very quickly over a 10 15 year period and then that's why as i say the 80s period is more the dark ages of denim that's what yeah. i say but, um, <laughs> but it's not it's not the open and denim is amazing but it's just you know it, it's, it's a certain look so um and it's only until the the late 90s where the japanese started waking up and they're going we want to make denim how it used to be we like 60s denim or, or 40s denim they couldn't find any of it so you know so they started making their own that's what they did so you know so and then in the west we only woke up to it in the early two early early 2000s that's what yeah. we were and by that time the japanese had already mastered already started to master it again so yeah but that's why it's become specialist and you know that's why it's you know you can get cheap salvage though that's that's the thing you can there's some amazing mills in india and other places parts of the world that are making amazing denim that's affordable you know amazing salvage denim but but the minimums are high you know you need to make five thousand pieces it's not like me so making a hundred pair of jeans in, a, in, in like japan so this is interesting uh you'll be able to help me with this question uh Marcin. Mm. i went past a primark shop window uh not long ago oh, yeah. and, and there were a mannequin oh, yeah in it as you do and the was, money was the jean for like uh, six euros or something, was it, was uh, something uh, like that? and it, but it was i think I, I, i'm i'm not gonna i'm gonna i think there was 17 pound and they had yeah. a self-edge now obviously yes. i didn't walk in to look at the jean i pick it up i just remember looking at it thinking okay is that is, is that is made great, to look like I that about this. i know all about this kind of stuff and there's a lot of brands in the high street that do it so that's why it's mixing a lot of people up they're like oh but this selvage is for 16 yeah, quid or, I, 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 I did I remember I had to do a selvage jean at DKNY jeans yeah and I had to make it for under 12 dollars make it right okay, so probably probably retails for 40 or 50 quid but yeah. what I mean is that they, they, that's what uh, my task was that we want this strip it all back um, overlock the fuck out of it make it as cheap as possible but the outside of it has to be a selvage and it has to be a selvage with a chain to the bottom you know that there was and it has to have a coin pocket it was all the main constructions of a li- li- Levi jean but yes. what Primark and a lot of other companies do is a lot of and a lot of high street a lot of British companies do it man shit I, I'm gonna put my foot in it um, a lot of people in the last five six years yeah a lot of UK companies have been using um, a wide li- wide wide width loom yeah and um they've been kind of faking their selvage where there's another it's called a tuck in selvage i can send you a picture of one it's yeah it's like horrific so basically okay. what it is it still has an overlocked edge look it's a machine that makes wide ribs so it's, it's meter and a half wide or whatever yeah and then it has it's another like machine on the end on the end of both sides of it yeah and it basically weaves on a selvage strip right get you and the seam line the join for this weave line, for this weave selvage strip and the denim is roughly a centimeter or a centimeter half away from the edge, which happens to be the sewing line of where you sew your jean together. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that some UK denim and some European denim, like loads of brands like Jack and Jones, loads of people. It's a fake selvage. A lot of fake selvage, which ends up, and then you can make, so you can, actually make it you can use a whole width of the denim so yeah you can put a whole jean on and um yeah it's super cheap to make as well wow and so a lot and that that's what's confusing the market so then oh, you because like, it confused me and i work in it <laughs> so cause, cause yeah. you have to have a really keen eye you have to have, you have to be in the denim business who make who actually yeah make yeah and make, make, so 
understand, looking at it very closely with a sharp eye, I look at denim through a pick glass, so I, one of these magnifying glasses, and I count it. Yeah. So I do that kind of work where I tell a mill I want a, this kind of construction, and I count it, and I tell them how to make it and how to, what what construction I want, and they go off and make it. So through a pick glass, actually from the naked eye, if you've got a keen eye, you can actually tell if it's been. Um, I can, I can, it's on one of my uh, Instagram posts where I posted about it. It's probably really? about two, two, two years ago. Yeah, I took a picture of the machine and I was horrified by it. Yeah, it's horrified uh... by the list of companies that use it. And then I remember this UK company had even released a press release that they're using selfish jeans and they had used this tuck-in selfish to do it. No way. They even had swing, they had swing tags. Yeah, it's horrific, horrific stuff. Uh... A lot of people do it. And then, you know, it's, it's for 18 quid. Well, that, that was exactly what my point. I just couldn't. I I, I didn't even know well, how to begin to. Like, then it just comes down to money because obviously, it's you know it, someone's invented a machine that does it. Yeah. Why don't you just get a selfish room instead? It's just so backwards. And then I've seen yeah, even like Long John and like Walter from his blog. He's a he's a great friend of mine, and yeah. he often posts pictures of like horrific things he's finding. He sort of found a gene. When I've come across this a lot, where you turn it inside out and it's got a selvage strip maybe like I don't know 10 centimetres up and then, and then you know they've actually put a, a bit, bit of selvage strip there yeah. because people want that turned up and I can understand it on kids wear you know you want to do a kids gene and you know, yeah, fine, yeah. Have, a little, have a bit of fun but um, not on a, a gene where it advertises it's false advertising and those companies are just yeah, yeah. it's shocking yeah. No, I've seen, we've seen it all. I've seen it all. So basically, right. it is false. That's the one. That was that was the thing no, that no, I couldn't no, get no, my head around. Like tuck in selvage. Um, yeah. If you Google it, you might see it. But not not many people talk about it. But it's yeah. horrific. And um, it, it's a lot of these. If you see a gene and it's sixteen quid and it's selvage, it's ninety five ninety five percent of the time it's a tuck in self selvage. You know, if yeah. you buy a Japanese, if it says it's made in Japan and it's under forty quid, you have to question it as well because. You know, any good Japanese denim, unless you're getting it on a discount or it's back of a lorry, or if it's if it's like last hundred meters and they've given it to you for a dis- discount amount, you know, I get given fabric all all the time, and I'm like, okay, that's great, so I could do something with that, but I don't falsely advertise it, you know. So it's like, you know, so um, you know, I remember uh, Amhot is an amazing denim mill in Japan. They show they show at Kingpin as well a few few times. Yeah. I went to their office in Hong Kong. I happened to go there. I was in Hong Kong, went to their office to see their new fabric range and they had like, I no joke, about ten rolls of this fabric on the floor. Okay. Yeah. And they, they made it they made it into an installation. It was really funny. <laughs> then I went back there six six months later and it was the same ten was still there and had dust on it at this stage. And I and I said to the, the guy, the agent who was a friend of mine, I said to him, Dude, what's with those rolls? And he went, Oh dude, you know, J Brand just not J Brand, it was um Another big company like that had just cancelled the order. All right. Is that your is that your fault in the fabric? A fault in it? And I said, "What's the fault?" And the guy smirked at me. He goes, "It's not a fault. It's just you know an, an imperfection." So I said, "Oh, dude, that's amazing. Let me look at it." And then um, yeah, it had these imperfections, kind of like um, little slub patterns, and they're very like irregular. But yeah, the the Q, the QC, the quality control guy at this company, had decided that it's it's a fault. It it's a mistake in the fabric. Off. So he cancelled the whole order. He cancelled the whole lot. So these poor Amhot, this small Japanese denim company, they're, they're, yes, they're doing quite well, but you know, yeah, but still. it's a lot of money. It's yeah, a lot of yeah. money. You know, it's, they'd lost it. They'd lost it. And it's been sitting there for nearly six, seven months. I'm like, dude, what are you going to do with it? I said, we're probably going to burn it. <laughs> so I said, I'm fuck, don't burn it. <laughs> I, said, I said to him, don't burn it. It's fucking great fabric. It's not my particular taste. It's a grey fabric. It's very light. It's about 10 ounce, you know, perfect yeah. summer weight. And I said to him, it's not really my thing, but... You know, I said, if you hand it over to me, I'll make something from it. 
and I'll give it away. Yeah. And I'll sell a few of them, but I'll give 90% of it. I'll do a competition and give them all, 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 all away. I'll put the Amhop name in the gene. I'll yeah. give it to some students. Let me just do something with it. Because I, I can't, no, don't burn it. You can't burn so it. So they did it. So they gave it all to me. And then, you know, I arranged a shipment to collect it all. And we made a whole marketing thing, marketing thing out of it. It's great, you know. And so everyone benefited from it. And a lot of people used it. And um, yeah, it's great denim. A few of them are floating around. I think that, um, that uh, is it Ru- Rudy, that crazy denim guy in like Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, he's got, he's got <laughs> given one of those grey jeans quite recently. Really? Just to him. Yeah. So oh, really that's funny. cool. So he posted going, I finally got my first Endrum jean. It was one of those grey ones. That was, that was great. <laughs> you know, a jean that I, I had personally given to someone had made its way to him. So that's just, brilliant. You know, yeah, yeah, that's so good it's news. Funny, yeah, it's good news, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm just, you know, as I say to people, I'm just a, like a, like custodian of all this stuff. You know, I'm surrounded by twenty vintage vintage machines, like denim bands everywhere. I'm not going to take this stuff to my grave. So, so mm. where's it all going to end up? So I'm going to give it all to some school or, or yeah, of course, to some denim institution. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Good stuff. I don't know what what your question was. I'm so sorry. No, I think <laughs> you've answered it. It weren't that. No, we started on. Uh, how can you? How can the high street possibly sell salvage for eighteen quid? Basically, mm. that, that's oh, where we went, and we went through that. Yeah. But a lot of people fake it, but a lot of people, if you got, if you know, if you know, you know, like good salvage jeans, especially made in America or Cone or, or any Japanese mill, it's ten fifteen dollars a meter. You know, yeah. so times that by three, you've already got a thirty dollar fabric, or it's already quite expensive. So the, you can't sell it for forty quid. It just doesn't no. economically work. You just out. can't do yeah. it. But you can't do it unless you're making out a loss and some people do make it in a loss these bigger companies these bigger really big companies they make stuff at a loss sometimes you know because they've yeah. they got the rest of the range that makes the money you know yeah so it's all balanced this, um, into it it's all my yeah, balance. I, I wanted to use this um i've done it a few times i wanted to use this um um blanket line fabric okay and yeah. you know we all love blanket line jackets things and, yeah yeah you know, there's not many there's not many good companies that make it you know there's a couple in the us and a yeah. couple in india you can find it you can find it but yeah i found one or two and um and it was a very similar quality that lee had used yes and i, I okay. used to work at vf at the, at the at the time so i couldn't understand it so i asked my fabric um buyer or technician i said how is it lee have used this particular fabric on this jacket or this shirt. I, I was very confused at the time. I said, because mm. they can't sell it. They're, they're using, we're using the same pricing structure nearly as Lee at the time. Yeah. So she did her homework. She was, they're making a loss on it. <laughs> God, just like that. So, you know, but that's what it is. So, so it's like, you know, so some people, even these bigger brands, they sometimes, I do it as well. You got, a, like, I do stuff where it's like, okay, it's, I think of it as a marketing exercise. I'm, okay, I'm going to make 100 pairs of this or 50 pairs of this and I'm going to sell it at a slight loss, but I'll get press on it. Yeah, you know, so it works. that's going to be yeah. my top top of the triangle piece. Yeah, the rest of the uh, the other things are going to bring in the money in and yeah. sort it all out. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a clever marketing strategy. And a lot of brands don't think like like that. Everything has to make margin, and that also kills kills the brand sometimes. Well, so you need to be a bit daring and start try stuff some some of the time. But it's it's a risky model to use. Cool. But, it's that's, uh, it. that's cool. Well, it's uh, how long we've been on an hour uh, and a half. Yeah, before, yeah but... before we finish, I'm just gonna say uh Morsin, thank you very much for mm. coming. And uh, oh, pleasure! I, I could have talked for so much more longer. It's really fun. Well, I we probably need to do a part two. Yeah. Anyone too much? I've got a habit of doing that, but I don't mean to. 
we could, we could just get you on whenever you're in, uh, whenever you're back in London and you've got a spare evening or a few hours. Just let us know no, and we can I'm, just I'm crack on, can't we? I can't wait. That's exactly where yeah. we're going. Yeah, so we've already penciled in a date. We should, should we tell our, our friends like online when it's going to be? I don't. We haven't advertised it yet, but no, it's sometime in like, sometime in like July, right? I'm excited. Yeah, mid July. So, it's a uh, Friday. Yeah. Uh, it'll be uh, after, like bread and butter, isn't it? Yeah. Up. It's going to be a good. Be uh, I can't wait, me. Yeah, it should be a really uh, good laugh. I'm going to bring, so. bring a suitcase full of vintage garments. Yeah, and um, and uh, I will go through some denim history. Yeah, and then it'll be really fun. Hopefully, you get to get to record it. So if you don't really mind, fun. we will do. I don't mind at all. Yeah, no, that's no, really cool. We can do a little video and uh, and the uh, and then a little question of answer, question and answer for yourself. Nice, I think because people nice, are one hundred percent going to want to. Uh, pick at your brains aren't they I think during that yeah, so we'll yeah, just have yeah. a beer and relax and have a really good evening yeah, mate yeah. I can't wait sounds yeah, good fun. we should also try and do some denim making classes up there like, sort of like sort of yeah. somewhere too it's the back of the uh, the back at shops like it's a good it's a thousand square feet and it's just oh, empty it can be used that, for whenever I'm building a studio in the back of my garden, which is 800 square foot. So I know what a thousand. There you is. go. So, so it's about yeah. So it's about that it's big. So if ever you want yeah. to do anything, just let me know. Wow, that'd be yeah, awesome. That would, would be something to consider, and I think yeah. it would benefit you, you guys and some people who want to know about how things are made. Oh, it'd be um, amazing. It'd be amazing. It only takes me three and a half hours, four hours to make a jean. That's yeah. a complicated one. So you know, and then oh, there you go. In, in the in the in a normal factory, it takes them 15 minutes or six minutes sometimes to make a pair of jeans. But that's if you have like 20 machines at every process, you know? Yeah, so like, yeah, you know, of course. It, it, it's, it's interesting, the construction side. Yeah. But no, it's, yeah. Uh, cool. I can't wait to uh, hear more and speak more and learn more. It's, no, but thank uh, you so much, guys. As I said, I hope I haven't upset thank you. anyone, but um, it's all passionate, but it's all for a good thing. I and, don't um, think you've upset yeah, anybody, mate. I appreciate mate. you guys um, spending the time to speak to uh, little old me so thank no, you no no thank, <laughs> thank you thank you the pleasure's pleasure all ours mate what's your plans <laughs> for the rest of the evening oh god I'm gonna make dinner yeah. and I'm building I'm designing my own studio currently that's what we're doing yeah. and um, I'm planning our next couple of trips I'm going to China quite soon so there's yeah. a couple of things and I'm doing my book as well so I've been doing that as well so I didn't, didn't talk about it but yeah, yeah that's something that I've been doing for a while we'll, we'll get, get you uh, yeah we'll do a book launch next yeah, we'll do one on your books when they're ready. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, that'd be good. Brilliant. That'd be really good. <coughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, it's cool. all, anyway, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Much, much, guys. Very, very kind. No, no problem you are, mate. You take care. Have a lovely right. evening. Cheers, I'll speak to you, you soon. Bye, bye, take bye, care. Bye, bye. 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 Is there anything that guy doesn't know or hasn't done? <laughs> Probably not. What an education that word yeah, again. Brilliant. Such a nice chap and all. Yeah, but again, I feel like I'm going quieter all the time just because I'm like. We're Mate. stepping up the podcast, Ooh. aren't we? <laughs> we? We're getting there. <laughs> Shit, we're getting there. Shit, we are getting there. Like, whoa. Okay. When I thought I were doing all right in terms of knowledge, like, yeah, I've got a couple of pairs. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. It, uh, um, he's such a cool guy. I met him at uh, in Amsterdam at Kingpings, Mosin, for the first time. I'd heard about him loads and loads, obviously, uh, and what he does. And uh, it was a real pleasure. We, had, we just had like an hour together because he were busy catching a flight, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, but it was great. And we said, oh, we should try and get this on and get something happening up at uh, up at Clobbercam, like a denim education. Like a, yeah, yeah. And, you know, true to his word, we've got it sorted. We've got it going. It's uh, I could have spoke to him all day, 
basically to we nearly did that, that yeah. was, that's definitely the longest uh, interview that we've ever done yeah and it, it, it was brilliant apart from Amy Leviton's two-parter but we did split that into two of course we naturally. just don't need a big outro slash intro, no no do we? and so. uh, has uh, Martin dropped you a message now has it uh, I've just had a little text message yeah uh, it just said I hope you've had a good time he'd loved it so yep, it is that's nice so did we fantastic yeah uh, so yeah well um Again. The event, well, this goes out on the day of the event, so we didn't mention it on podcast, but it's actually Friday 13th. In July. In July. So this will go out either the week before or the week of the event. We'll get okay. closer to time. Cool. Uh, but it's actually Friday the 13th that he's coming up to do the And I'll be, th- I'll be 30 years old and 24 hours on that particular time. Dude. <laughs> yeah, well, shall we sign off with that one, Benji? Yeah, do it because that's enough for today, innit? That will be Happy brilliant. days. So, nice one, man. You take care. See you in a bit. Bye.